Hi everyone, Grant K here for the Flame Learning Channel. Welcome to part 2 of the Particles 101 Fundamentals video series. In part 1, we looked at how to create particles using various 3D objects as particle emitters. So the light, image surface object and 3D geometry can be used as particle emitters and they all have their own strengths and applications. In part 2, we start looking at the various particle types starting with lines and points as well as go through the various settings that will affect each particle type accordingly. In order to follow along, create a light with the particle emitter in action. Disable the light's shading and make sure that you change the light's Z position to 0 to match what we'll do. Also shrink the light's spread to 15 degrees and rotate the light so you can see the particles from the side angle. If you're unsure how to set this up, please watch part 1 of the series. So the default setting when it comes to particle types is lines. Looking in the generator menu, you will see the particle display at the top and the particle render type in the fourth row. Remember that you can display particles one way as you work and then render them with a different particle type. You would normally use this for performance reasons. Now you can very happily use lines and points as final particles. But for example, perhaps your final particles are 3D geometry but you would display them as lines in order to keep up interactive speed. There is also a factor slider between the particle types which allows you to control the number of particles displayed. So as an additional tool for interactivity, the higher the number, the less particles are displayed on screen. This is purely for viewing purposes and it will never affect your render. But if you want the number of particles displayed to match the final render, the factor value should be set to 1. And this is the default setting. Finally, I'd like to work with Region All enabled to give instant feedback when adjusting the particles. Now looking at the generator menu, you will see a lot of variant sliders. These sliders allow you to randomize the various particle settings that sit to the left of each respective variant slider. So with variance set to 0 for each generator setting, their values are constant. Start scrubbing the timebar and we'll examine the standard particle setup. One of the first settings I'd like to point out is particle lifetime. Looking at the result view, the particles are dying out after 30 frames. This is indicated in the lifetime slider. Go ahead and increase this to 80 frames. This gives us more range to play with. Now every particle will die at 80 frames after its generation. So each particle pretty much stops at the same place. But if you increase the lifetime variance to 10 and scrub again, you will see the particle lifetime vary 10 frames either side of the 80 frame lifetime. This gives the particle lifetime a more natural ending. Please note that the particles die out immediately on the specific frame. They do not fade out over time. This is done with an expression that will be shown in a future video. Now the particle generation starts at frame 1. So if you're going to do a puff of smoke or a burst of something, the first frame might be your starting point. 
but you can tell the particle generator to emit particles before or after the start frame with the pre-slider. This determines the starting point of the particles. For example, set the pre-value to 50. The particle emitter has been generating for 50 frames before the first frame of the composite. In other words, it's pre-loaded the particles. You can also delay generation by setting it to a negative value. Change the pre-slider to minus 50 frames. So the generator will only kick off 50 frames into the composite rather than the first frame. Set that back to zero. Now the number of particles is controlled by the aptly named slider. It's worth noting that you can set the number value to as low as 0.01. This will give you one particle. However, the number slider does not display two decimal places. The value is definitely there, but you will only see the exact value in the animation editor if you select and frame the channel. Now reset the number setting to 10 with CTRL-ALT-CLICK if you haven't already done so. When it comes to using either lines or points, the size slider has no effect on them. This is because they are just lines or points and not expandable geometry like spheres, cones, polygons, etc. But if you want to lengthen the line, you can enable the trail button. The trail setting allows you to create a trail behind a particle by repeating the particle multiple times along the same path. For instance, setting the trail size to 5 will lengthen the lines giving you more of a streaking effect. If you change the particle display type to points, you can see how the points are repeated in this case. This will also happen with every other particle type if you enable the trail setting. Just be aware that you are building up loads more particles, so you could take a performance hit with this setting. But there is definitely loads of playing room with Trail. You obviously have the Variance slider, but there is also another setting called Shutter. Now the Trail size controls the entire length of the particle trail. However, the Shutter controls the length of each particle within the trail. They sound very familiar, but their settings create different results. Look at how the lines are solid and how they are lengthened by the trail size. With shutter set to 100, the ends of each particle in the trail touch each other to form a long solid line. Now if you decrease the shutter to 75, it creates a dotted line instead. So the length of the trail is consistent. However, the particles within the trail are short, which in turn creates the dotted line. Putting the technical bits to the side, you could use this to generate line motion graphic elements. For example, set your light spread to zero. Straight away, you have an animated line of hyphens or dashes. Just by playing with the light settings and the generator settings, you can come up with multiple examples. Let's create some animation to illustrate what I mean. Enable Auto Key. Go to frame 1. Position the light off screen at the top left hand corner of the frame with the light position sliders. Ensure you also keyframe the Z position to 0. Go to frame 10. 
position the Z position to 200. Finally, go to frame 20. Reposition the light to the bottom left of the frame and set the Z position back to zero. You should already see how particles generated at different frames will be at different points in the frame. Now let's reverse cycle this animation. Hold SHIFT and double-click on the Y position slider. Click the VIEWER button. Next, change the extrapolation to reverse cycle. Repeat the same steps for the Z position channel to reverse cycle its animation. So if you zoom out with CONTROL and SPACEBAR, you can see how you've created a continuous animation. Swipe to the right of your screen and click the animation button to return to the controls. When you scrub the time bar, you can see how we've made a wavy particle system. Turn AUTO key off. Another generator setting is the speed slider. Increasing this value will make the wave longer because the particles are travelling faster over the same distance. If you were to play around with the speed variance, you will get a complete different looking effect. You can also animate the light differently or even use different emitter types for totally different results. But what you have seen in this video is more or less the gist of the first parameter menu for particles. Now when it comes to line and point particle types, the particle colour can be defined through the particle geometry menu as a single colour. Or you can switch to the second parameter menu and adjust the colour variation. This setting randomises the colour per particle. Also do not forget that we could texture particles with a projection or a diffuse map which will be shown in a future video. While we're here, I'd like to point out that rotation and spin do not work on line and point particle types. We'll cover these with some other particle types. Don't forget you can also orbit the camera and take advantage of the integration of the 3D particles in the 3D action space. Go ahead and render out the result. In a future video, we'll carry on looking at the different particle types as well as what settings affect them and more. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Comments, feedback and suggestions are always welcome and appreciated. Thank you for watching and please subscribe to the Flame Learning Channel for future videos.